Cool. We definitely appreciate you coming on the show, Kevin. Check him. <clears throat> Start over. He does that every time. <laughs> my brain goes much faster than my mouth. Or the other way around. Welcome to 321 Lay On, podcast about live-action role-playing for enthusiasts and those who want to learn a little bit more about what is LARP. Maybe you've seen a movie or a TV show or some kids playing in their park with uh, fake weapons, and you're like, what is going on? Well, we're here to explore that world and uh, talk to some interesting people we find, and uh, hopefully increase the community and uh, positivity in general around LARPing and, and gaming. Uh, my name is Ashen Ruby. Thanks for joining us. And with me today is my brother, Evan. Hey, And uh, our regular guy, Joe, he is not here with us today, but he's with us in spirit. And um, Joe has shared a few funny stories about making costumes and kits and some thrift store adventures he's had with him and his wife. Um, but I mentioned that because joining us today is Kevin Hunt of, uh, I already forgot how to say the name, Jediel, right? <laughs> Jediel. Jediel's Finds. Jediel's Finds. Yes. Uh, it's a, a budget-friendly LARP store. Um, a friend of mine, I believe, commented on one of his posts, and that's how I found it on Facebook, and I started checking it out and looked super interesting to me. Because um, I'm all about sticking with a budget, and I'm all about LARPing, so sounded like a good topic to explore. So thanks for joining us, Kevin. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Sure, of course. Why don't you uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself um, and your your LARP world? Sure. Well, I attend a LARP called Night Realms in Sparta, New Jersey. It's kind of your classic uh, medieval fantasy setting LARP. You have, you know, your traditional human races and its subdivisions, elves, orcs, goblins, all that kind of thing, magic users, priests. Um, So you're pretty typical genre. Um, It takes place on a really nice 400-acre Uh, campground so they have some really nice buildings they have a full inn and eight other buildings which is worth traveling for because i I come from upstate new york so it's about a three-hour drive and uh but it's definitely worthwhile to go well i've only uh gone actually about two times so far um but i have a lot of different skill sets that i bring into warp um, which was one of the big attractions of it for me. Uh, in my yeah, go ahead. Oh uh, well, th- have you learned before that, or are you fairly new to it? Uh, no, I was. I pretty much just kind of dove two feet in oh, okay. into it. Uh, I met some friends. I was actually working on a uh, uh, business idea and uh, was commenting on some different uh, anime cosplaying uh, groups. Uh, asking some questions, trying to find people who actually made nice replica foam weapons for something I was looking at doing. And I got connected with uh, some guys who that's what they actually do is they make the foam weapons and make nice ones. And, uh, you know, just getting to know them. They told me about LARP and I became super interested in it. Um, 
because I've played tons of like MMORPGs, played World of Warcraft and Rift and Guild Wars and all those kind of things, you know, tons of MOBAs, but I was really actually getting sick of uh, kind of the, the video game arena because sure. everything was just kind of was feeling the same, you know. Oh, yeah. It's the we same grind in every game. <laughs> That's true. So when you told me about Warp, it really, really intrigued me because it's not just, you know, jump on the game. I know the grind for the game because it's pretty much the same now for every game. It's, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be a crafter. You can be a musician. You can do all these things. There's the interaction. There's the game rules. There's the game world. So it drew, for me, it was satisfying a, a niche i was looking for that's cool and this was about how long ago uh there's actually this year i only really started uh this past january cool wow, i'm kind of surprised um i don't know why but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean we well, we chatted a little bit before um and you had asked me a bunch of questions and and i just got the feeling like you'd been doing it in a while and yeah i, I kind of get that because i i jump into most hobbies yeah. pretty quickly if it's a hobby i like i will absorb it rapidly and mm-hmm. i've i've actually made a list i've probably tried or done at least 30 to 40 plus different hobbies mm-hmm. of uh. all different kinds and after a while it just kind of runs together one skill set can cross <laughs> over to another so sure. when i got to warp it's like Oh, I know how to do lock picking. I know how to uh, make this at home. I know how to go find stuff at the thrift store. Like I have all these skill sets that it could draw on. So that was also the big pull for me. Mm, it all culminated for you. This is what your life's yes, been heading towards. <laughs> all, all, all my hobbies in my life have been leading up to this one hobby. Nice. So, as a newer LARP larper, uh, what's your kind of impression of it? Um, the big thing I enjoy about it is the versatility of what you can be and what you can do. Uh, and actually, that was the major issue that I was having with lots of video games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Most games, and actually, I, before that, and I still do this now, but the major thing I was switching over to was board games. Okay. Um, I would have friends over... Uh, every single weekend, anywhere from five to ten of us, and we play all kinds of board games. Uh, Settlers of Catan, Risk, Seven Wonders, all these other kind of games. Because the main thing that I found missing from a lot of uh, video games, ironically enough, was the social interaction Mm -hmm. elements. Most games, you drop in a group, you play with a group, then that group is disbanded. You know, there's... It's not much of keeping with the same group, building up, you know, a social rapport or anything like that, because you're you're disposable, you're you're not sure. indispensable. Yeah, replaceable. Yeah. If your rank isn't good enough, we don't need you. We can find someone better. Mm-hmm. There's always someone. But with warp, that's not the case. It's right. you jump into the game, you be who you want to be. It doesn't matter how skilled at RPG elements you are. It doesn't matter if you're a crafter or if you just like to fight. What matters is that you're there. Mm-hmm. So, which was a big reason why I was doing board games, but then also really adopted art very quickly because that was the main thing. Video games wasn't doing that for me. So, work 
right. kind of filled that increasing void, if you will. Sure. These guys you met, is that the game they went to, Night Realms? Or are you going yeah. by yourself? So you have some friends you're going with? Yeah, pretty much. So I, would, I just kind of jumped in with their group and uh, asked a million questions. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because it's always easier to do that stuff with friends. Totally. So that's the only one you've been to, really? Um, so far, yeah. Before we get into the shop, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the character you're playing? Sure. Uh, so my character, um, as probably most people do, is an eccentric version of myself, <laughs> which is uh, Jediel is the scholar. And his, in our, our LARP, a scholar, uh, most of their skill set is it's primarily a crafting type of skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a scholar can... Uh, create tomes and scrolls okay. which creates either a scroll is like a one-time use of a skill someone else has so normally you have your own skills and abilities and you can cast those however much depending on mana periodic abilities stuff like that um but a scholar can take a skill someone has or from a tome and write it into a scroll that anyone can then read and use as a trade-off to consume the scroll. Oh, cool. So they're kind of like the pocket knife class. Hmm. Um, they can, you know, create... So I'd make up a whole bunch of abilities. I think in my first warp game, I made 40 scrolls. Wow. Jeez. So I just... I maxed out my crafting points, and it's like, I'm just going to crank out as many as possible. Nice. So I'd make, like, scrolls of resurrection, scrolls of fireball, and I would sell those for money. And doubts. I think I made most people. You start out with like you know five to twenty gold. By the end of my second game, I think I accumulated around three hundred gold. Whoa! So <laughs> that's kind of my uh, business skill set coming in. I will quickly find the fastest way to um, make money and make things work. Uh, nice. I need so, to get you uh, at our game and in our party. <laughs> That's probably ten I times ten times more gold that I've made in my entire LARPing career. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Does he say so he doesn't really fight or anything like that, or does he have to use his own yeah. scrolls if needed? Or I mean, I've I've had some ideas of a unique method of fighting, mm-hmm. uh, which was essentially over time I would build a library of scrolls and. Um, I my second class so far is a smith, which allows me to use a large shield. So I had a fun idea of I actually built or made my own uh, scroll holding tome that I can add and remove tons of scrolls. It can hold up to two hundred of them, and just keep a massive book of scrolls. And if anything, any kind of situation comes up. We need someone with this skill. I have a collection, a library of every possible spell or mm-hmm. ability that I can make into a scroll, and uh, otherwise defend myself with my large smith shield and just be able to answer any niche situation possible. Cool. So a true support of sports. Cool. Yeah, I, I like. Uh... 
interesting characters that aren't just the uh you know archetype wizard fighter or whatever so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of cool although i'm basically an archetype paladin so <laughs> and my current game so i like finding fun different ways of doing things to either try to break the rules or bend them <laughs> or do something else try mm-hmm. just to see how it works mm-hmm. so so your staff's favorite person right yeah. <laughs> yes, I am a, a rule breaker by nature. <laughs> nice. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your store. Um, how long have you been doing this? Before I talk too much about the store, I can give context to it. Sure. I I've kind of done thrifting in general and finding deals just as a general way of life for a while now. Um, Probably about 90% of the things that I own, other than a few exceptions, I've either thrifted or bought secondhand. Um, It's just a practice of mine that I've had. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually did the math, and I I roughly totaled up how many different things I've I've bought um, in the last six years, and I've acquired... If I had paid retail, probably about $10,000 of stuff for $1,900. Wow. So on average, I can get things for like a tenth of the price. But it's it's kind of a different discipline and a practice because instead of, oh, I need a couch. Well, I'll just go out to the store and pay $500 for a couch. Mm -hmm. It might take me three or four months to find the right couch I want, but I always spend 50 bucks compared to like 500 bucks. Um, but I do that for everything. Um, and that's how I can do and have so many hobbies is that if I want a new hobby, it's just, um, looking out for these other items in the thrift store. And it might be one of 20 different things I'm looking for, but over time I can eventually find a, a full set of this or that, like for camping or something like that. So, but for the store, the way, uh, that I came into doing that is that, um, uh, since thrifting was a, a, a big habit of mine, uh, it didn't take me long to pull something together. I needed a costume, you know, I needed a bag, I needed little trinkets, you know, what kind of things would my character carry? And I needed all those little items to make it look legitimate. Um, so I thrifted most of that. And um, eventually I would see things here or there like, oh, my friend could use that. Oh, I know they needed that. Yeah. But as you guys know, like if you want to buy even just like a nice set of pants or a shirt, you spend 40 bucks on a shirt from like medieval collectibles. Mm-hmm. You could easily spend $300 on just your base costume if you bought it from a specific medieval store, um, which I'm not discounting that because some things you, you're not going to find certain things at a thrift store. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you got the money, you got the income, sure. you know, go for it. Yeah, not a lot but, of sword scabbards at uh, yeah, Goodwill. <laughs> not quite. Unless you're insanely lucky <laughs> and somehow someone decided to donate one yeah. to Goodwill, you're just not going to see that. So, yeah, some things I got to buy because where else are you going to get stuff like that? Mm-hmm. But, you know, like a shirt, a pants, a nice jacket, um, a couple bottles, you know, some mm-hmm. a nice chest. Some of those things you can find in a thrift store. Um, so the store was just eventually, 
I kept seeing things I was like, oh, someone someone was like this. I could see someone using this for uh, their elf costume. Mm-hmm. I could see someone using this coat for, you know, like a fairy kin type character. Mm-hmm. I could see someone using this hat for like a Victorian style character um, or even other warps because there's so many kinds of warps. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and a lot of times I could, I'll... I'll not only get it at the thrift store, but I'll wait till it's a half off day for certain items and get stuff much less expensive. And I don't mark things up all that much. Just enough, like I said, like, you know, if it costs me 30 bucks in gas round trip, I'm marking it up just enough to try to cover it because I know from talking to people and for myself, not everyone can throw $300 just a couple pieces of a costume for their hobby if you can that's awesome but yeah most people right so i i figured i would just leverage my existing skill set to uh provide effectively a service for other people who want to get into our pay i'd like to try that out or sometimes at our LARP we have what are called alt events you make an alt for one single event as like a one-off, and they need a costume for that. Oh, okay. So I can, so I can provide you a base costume for twenty bucks for one event. That seems much more attractive than what we usually have is like borrowing threads. I need to borrow this mm, and that and yeah. try to coordinate that between a hundred people. Twenty bucks, I'll get you a base costume. Right. You know, so. So that's kind of the niche that I'm going for. And it's not just that, but also I'm going after, uh, like, high school and college theaters. Okay. You know, costuming department, because most high schools are always on a budget. And, you know, the kids in the college on the, you know, theater arts club might be on a budget. Mm-hmm. And then I also go over uh, for cosplayers as well, too. So, but those, each of those three niches all kind of have the same needs. Where sure. not always a high budget, but they want quality, nice equipment or you know coats or whatever. So that's what I'm aiming for. Cool. No, I like it. I think it's a unique idea, and um, like I said, I enjoy that too. Um, but I've always just liked, yeah, the same thing. Like trying to get what you need, new clothes or whatever, and trying to save money. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is always a little bit of like, you never know what you're going to find. So there's that kind of like game mystery to it, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like a gambling a little bit, a little bit of a lottery too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Cool. And did, did you mention how long that's been going so far? I think I really only started the store kind of in February. Okay. Um, what I did before the uh, store with the clothing and items, um, I also do a lot of camping and campfire, and I know how to like cook over a campfire. So my first uh, shop, what I did was uh, campfire cooking. So I would make egg, sausage, bacon, coffee, toast over a campfire and sell you a breakfast for five bucks. So, and I did that in February in the winter. And really the only other food option other than the feast, we we do Friday night, Saturday all day, and Sunday until the afternoon. 
only provided meal is uh, Saturday night feasts. So this is in-game, you're cooking over a fire and selling to people? <laughs> yes, so I'm cooking authentically. Oh, that's cool. I'm cooking only over a fire with cast iron utensils. That's awesome. Uh, no other modern implements. And I would make all that stuff and sell meals to people. I did pretty decent for my first one. And I had a couple items. I found some nice rings, and people seemed really interested in it. And then I thought, maybe I should do more of a fuller shop. You know, because the more, if you got a shop with a nice array of options, you're more likely to come. So that's, that eventually evolved into Jetty's Finds. So this is like a fully functioning shop in your game? Eventually. I I haven't been back in game yet. Because I'm actually, I have my firstborn son due literally in two, less than two weeks. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So, thank you. So that's going to uh, inhibit my hobbies for a little while. Um, but once I can start, you know, once we get into a flow of things and I can start uh, getting back into a hobby uh, and doing some stuff, then uh, I plan to bring that shop in-game. So what I'm actually doing until I can, you know, go drive three hours away to go to a LARP for the weekends is I'm slowly stocking my shop. So when I do return, you know, I can have a shop with 200 items plus food and breakfast and all these things. It'll feel <laughs> like it'll feel like yeah. a real in-game shop, which the other goal was, I think stuff like that really makes the game world feel that much more alive. Because mm-hmm. all you got is people running around, you know, trying to make random encounters, and you got the inn, and that's like kind of about it. Right. You know, there's not like a breathing, living mm-hmm. economy and game worlds like flowing and running. So, you know, if you got at least an inn and a shop and some stuff, it it adds that much more to the atmosphere of the game world. I feel totally. Yeah, you have a blacksmith hammering during the day, and that's that's yeah. it. That's your whole time. Right, like your your market farm, you know, a little bit away. All your vendors. Yeah, yeah. Now I I know some games do have that. Um, like you can make stuff and sell for real money, like before the game starts. Like they'll you can have right. vendors and stuff, and then you can. Some games also let you sell stuff you've made. You know, if you both made it in real life and your character has a skill, you can sell it for game money and stuff like that. Um, right. How how's that work? Like at Night Realms? Uh, we're a little bit more flexible. You can do in-game money or even a card reader as long as you're discreet and it's not like obvious. Sure. You know, so you know, I'd have a card reader. So I do it like under the table, so it's not like I'm not breaking the immersion. Sure. And actually, I'll I might even have like one of those point of sale iPad things, but kind of build it into like hollow out a book or yeah, something like cool. that. You know, that transfers the money, or yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. You know, a way to not break the immersion. I know some other works are a little more restrictive about that, where we're not so much. Um, for, for hours in general, it's more the attitude of you know, be as realistic and authentic as you can, but if it would be so absurdly impractical, a little bit of mm-hmm. you know, modern 
stuff if it's at least masked a little bit more is not a deal breaker because like when they do the feast for a hundred people they have a fully functional modern kitchen right you know but we you know we put a curtain so you don't see the kitchen it's there you know you can go into the kitchen and it's a modern sink and everything but we otherwise the immersion is ultimately up to the players keeping the immersion so you know it's we just don't like acknowledge the the parts that are maybe perhaps slightly immersion breaking and otherwise keep it in character. I have been looking at the idea as well of uh, looking around for other local works mm-hmm. and seeing if there was the possibility of guesting my shop in multiple game worlds. Because my customer base is not only going to be like just the 100 people in night rooms. I know there's all sorts of warps all over the place as well too so if i was to ask anything it'd be like what other warps you know of that would be interested in something like that or it even seems like that would be feasible to take something around like that to multiple warps traveling around mm-hmm. you know genitals traveling shop in multiple games yeah you'd have to uh cross different i don't know realms or <laughs> planes <Yeah>. maybe <laughs> But yeah, no, that's cool. You you got like a, some kind of white covered wagon and like yes, <laughs> it had it has the ability to cross dimensions and realms and <laughs> yes, <laughs> or yeah, you're you're just a legend or some sort of very low level <laughs> demigod that uh, stories have been told of this magic traveler who shows up at different worlds. And... Jedial the Merchant Planeswalker. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Or ooh, magic a magic carpet that you can lay all your stuff out on. Yeah. <laughs> How far are you willing to travel? I guess like what's kind of your where are you starting from, and then what's kind of your radius ideally? Uh, mostly the northeastern United States. Like I'm in central upstate New York. So and I go down to uh, New Jersey. So you know New Jersey, Pennsylvania. You know, maybe even down towards Ohio, because uh, my wife's family's down from Pittsburgh. Oh. You know, so occasionally we go down there a few times a year to visit the in-laws. So kind of all that region is potentially open. The most likely thing is I wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel too hung up as far as distance. Uh, just probably the farther I go, the more I might have to inflate my pricing a little bit to compensate for sure. the extra travel cost. I mean, I'm probably not going to go taking a bunch of thrift store stuff all the way over to California, <laughs> but sure. um, you know, semi-local because I travel three hours now. Sure, that's not too bad. So probably within that distance. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely that PA, New Jersey, Delaware area. There's a pretty high concentration, from what I know of uh, of LARPs. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard you know the guy that runs our game. He said there's a bit of a saturation. So. Yeah. Sometimes they're a little harder to find. Like sometimes they're like run on people's own property or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. out there. Yeah, if anyone's listening um, and you want to contact Kevin, just definitely check it out on Facebook. Um, we'll have links on the three two one page. You can message us if you're interested in having a traveling merchant who can sell some awesome budget LARPs. You mentioned it's uh, you can make it as in game as possible and. Add mm-hmm. add that kind of uh, extra fun and immersion to the 
breathing life into the community or the settlement or whatever. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been uh, considering expanding my stock to include things like, uh, you know, crafting components. So like little uh, crystals like that you could use to make ones. Um, I, like one of the most recent finds I had is an incense holder box, you know, so lots of little things, bottles, a lot of that stuff's pretty universal. Sure. Um, but I can easily adapt it to whatever game world. One thing I might eventually expand into is uh, more post-apocalyptic orbs, which are much more flexible in terms of costuming. Sure. But I'm starting with medieval, but eventually I'd like to move to all kinds of orbs and be able to service all of them. That just reminded me you're uh, you're a bit into the nerf modding community too, right? Yes. uh, (laughs) I did the humans versus zombie things. Uh, I built Nerf guns that were powered with air compressors and all sorts of crazy stuff. So I'm not adverse to dabbling in things like air power, pyrotechnics, and other crazy <laughs> fun stuff like that. Nice. So, so yeah, I could probably sell some pretty sweet uh, post-apocalyptic Nerf guns. <laughs> yeah, I, I most likely could do that as well. Yeah, it's uh, too bad we don't have Joe here. He always says his uh, hobby is hobbies. So he's uh, you know dabbled in this and that, and he just has one hobby after the other, like you. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much anything I can try, I will try. And he also is in the last couple of years, at least maybe longer. He's gotten into the nerfing and uh, nerf gun modding and all that stuff. And one of the things he keeps saying is he, uh, so he staffs at the game we play currently, um, but he, you know, he wants to play a LARP as a player, and he wants to play one that has nerf in it now, so. Yeah. That'd be a fun mix of hobbies. Like, it brings some pretty interesting nerf guns to the fray in that case. <laughs> Do you have some uh, of your favorite items that you found at a thrift store that uh, you think of? Yeah. I've got, I mean, I, I now have like 83 items in stock. Huh? Uh, the, like today I found another small thing. It's a little suede like hat that's like eight different colors of suede fabric sewed into a little hat. Looks almost like a jester's kind of hat. Sure. Yeah. A little cap. Uh, that was a pretty interesting find. Hmm. Um, the incense box was a pretty neat thing. I did find as well, too, I didn't even know this was a thing. It is a pewter uh, table lighter, like a vintage table lighter from the 1950s. Oh, okay. And it looks like, uh, like those little pewter cups, but it's a lighter, but not like a lighter with butane. Uh, it uses, it's filled with cotton, and then you fill it with, like, the same fuel you would for an oil light. Okay. But it looks like, it looks totally period accurate and everything. It looks almost kind of like semi-steampunkish invention, but it can fit in a medieval setting as well, too. So, so now I can have an immersive method of uh, lighting or lighting a fire 
with that whole thing. That was a pretty cool one. I keep that. Some of those things I keep for myself because <laughs> I need them for my shop. Nice. Right? So, keep the good stuff for yourself. Yeah, I got I got a few nice things. I find I found like a really nice wool blue jacket that I kept for myself. Um, probably my most favorite find though was a hundred fifty dollar suede and fur jacket, which is now my character's jacket. And it looks it looks very legitimate, very clean and sleek as my race is like a Victorian style uh, for their clothing. So it fit perfectly and it was a great deal as well too. So those days are good days. <laughs> when I find that stuff. Yeah, nice. And what'd you pay for that, if you don't mind us asking? Uh yeah, that those jackets, I found that for ten bucks. Wow. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. So that was definitely a deal. I saw that and I was like, yeah, I gotta get this even if it's not a half off day, because ten bucks is still a steal for that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Do you ever uh modify anything yourself? Like I found this uh, open knit wool shirt that mm-hmm. I spray painted to like chainmail, and that represents my chainmail armor in game. Do you do, do you ever do any kind of crafting like that? Yeah, I've done a few. I mostly done it with dyeing clothes, a different color. Um, they're mainly it's these ugly oranges that I find. <laughs> So twice now I've taken stuff that's been like really ugly orange and take a black dye to turn it to more like a chocolate brown, which is much more flexible to go with other stuff. So I've done that with one jacket and then uh, I did it with a wool coat, which I'm still wording with that element of it. I've cooked it a little bit too hot and shrunk the wool, Mm. so it's no longer a men's large, but now it is a men's medium. (laughs) Um, And then a third one I was working on for a customer, he wanted me to give a shot at wiping out the color with bleach, and then recoloring it to a purple, because if you, the, the way the dyes work, it's more tinting them than just straight up dyeing it from right. one color to another. So if you want to go from an orange to a purple, you have to destroy the color first with the bleach. Well, I made the very amateur mistake of thinking, more bleach, faster color washing. So I must have put like a quarter cup of bleach in there. And then 24 hours later, which was the other mistake, I pulled out a falling apart coat because bleach apparently (laughs) it rots fabric and destroys it if it's too strong a concentration Hmm. so next time I will just throw it in the wash and follow the instructions and if it's not (laughs) lightened enough I'll just keep redoing it Hmm. but tip for anyone listening do not think more bleach is better more bleach means it decay faster and you will no longer have a shirt <laughs> so it's an important lesson to learn yeah i mean well the lucky part of it is since i thrift the stuff that i only want well i didn't even lose the the couple dollars i spent to get it because uh, now it's just regulated to zombie garb so <laughs> it looks perfect for that now um, yeah it's all tattered and torn so it's perfect for something like that but yeah 
it will not be used for its original intended purpose. <laughs> That's funny. So any other alterations? So I have some friends who are like seamstresses, and oh, nice. I just I leave that to them. You know, that's not my skill set. I mean, I could probably pick up the skill set, but that would take so much time and investment. And I'd rather put that into just building up, getting more stock for my store. So, you know, if someone says, I'd like to have this, that's really nice. And I want it custom made. I just refer them and they refer people back to me. So it's kind of like a nice uh, coalition of vendors, if you will. Yeah. Have you found that's where most of your uh, business has been, kind of word of mouth? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I do try to advertise not too much to the point of shameless self-promotion, but um, usually when I find something really cool, I'll share it from my page um, to a couple groups that I'm a part of. It started that I, I felt like I was spamming some of those groups i realized i need to make a standalone facebook page and just let Mm. people subscribe yeah so people don't get tired of hearing from me or something like that um and so but if it's something really really cool that i know people like i'll share it every occasionally so it's not to the point of being like spam or anything like that yeah that's good to be aware of that stuff um and it is hard to tell you know who's gonna you know, if you're not looking for something, you might not be interested. But the moment you're like, oh, I need a new character, or I made a new item in great new game, I need a new fizz rep. Oh, that jacket's perfect, you know. Right, yeah. And I, I do try to encourage people when I can to subscribe because I tell them, look, you never know what I'm going to find. I've, I've posted one time, and this like blew up. I posted, I found three nice chests in mm-hmm. Goodwill. And I didn't even post it as for sale or anything. Yeah, I just said, hey, look at this. I found this is cool. Not five minutes later, someone's messaging me, hey, how much you want for those? So I was like, well, this is a popular item, so I'll have to make sure I stock more of these. I probably had at least three or four people message me about it. Um, so, you know, those big ticket items. I'm definitely going to try to stock more, but I also take requests as well, too. Um, so, again, with the budget thing, if you're trying to work on a budget, you know, you just let me know, hey, I'm looking for this, because I go to the thrift store anywhere from five to up to 15 times a week. Wow. So, because there's, there's three, there's one by my work, so I go there for my lunch break every every day, Monday through Friday. And then there's two on the way home. So depending on what day it is and how much of a rush I'm in, I'll stop at either one or both on the way home. So, you know, that's 15 visits a week potentially. So I have a lot better chance of finding stuff because of the frequency of which I go. Yeah. So there's the, uh, if someone uh, wanted to do this themselves or dabble in it, is that your, um, recommendation is frequency and patience yeah, timing I, or? I post I made a post about this before now it, I, I boiled it down to three principles it is uh, consistency it is um, a little bit of luck and it's also location 
So obviously the first thing is luck. You you know, stuff just shows up. You don't know what's going to show up. There is a little bit of luck involved. It's a little bit of a gamble. It's part of the fun. It's also part of the frustration. Yeah. Probably half the time I go to the thrift store, maybe even 60% of the time I walk out with nothing, which is fine. The goal for thrifting is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. Um, if you go in one time, I'm going to go to the thrift store, see if I find something, you find something. Yeah, great. Uh, that was insanely lucky of you to do that. But the rest of the time, uh, I increased my chance of luck by going many times a week because mm-hmm. uh, I'm able to. And also because of strategic, strategically choosing which stores I go to. Uh, the biggest tip that I give people, if you want to thrift, um, if you want to be able to thrift and find something, um, there's a couple there's a couple ways you can think to increase your chances. Uh, first of all, just going to any thrift store, you know, just saying I'll go to the closest thrift store, you know, you may or may not find what you're looking for. If you think about a thrift store. If you go to donate something to the thrift store, where do you go? You you go to the closest right. one to your house. You know, I got the stuff. It's in the way. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to go down to the Salvation Army down the road and drop it off. I don't need it anymore because that's convenient for you as a donator. Mm-hmm. But if you're shopping at a thrift store and you say, I want to find this really nice expensive blender. I found people have, um, you know, they find like these really nice hundred dollar blenders at the thrift store and I want to find one too. I'm going to go to the closest one. Maybe you will if you're in the right neighborhood. Um, the, the big key that I tell people is what kind of things do you donate to the thrift store? Stuff that's in the way that you don't care about and you're either don't have the time and not worried about getting money for wasting time trying to Craigslist it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find this expensive hundred dollar wonder, what kind of person is going to give away a hundred dollar wonder and not care about it? Someone that's probably in more of a middle to upper class neighborhood. Right. Because it's not of a big deal to them. So if you go to the thrift store closest to you, which happens to be on the poorer side of town, where people make only 40000 a year or something, they're not giving away $100 wonders. <laughs> right. You're sure. not going to find it there. If you want to find something, you think about what kind of person would give away the item that I want. What kind of neighborhood do they live in and go to their local thrift store? Mm-hmm. That increases your chances of finding what you want. Um, now, for LARP, a lot of the time, stuff we wear for LARP, no one wears in public. It doesn't look good. <laughs> it's gaudy. It's crazy. It's absurd and ridiculous, but it's perfect for LARP. That's what I wear all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to uh, depending on what neighborhood you're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but, you know, these, you know, where do you, I usually find that stuff a little more middle to lower income because they're usually 
you know, no offense to anyone. It's a little bit rattier clothing. It's a little bit, you know, worn and used clothing, or it's just ugly clothing because it's cheap clothing, but it's perfect for one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I work more in a neighborhood like that. I work at a nonprofit. Um, we find tons of weird, you know, cheaper stuff, but it's perfect for art. Mm-hmm. So it's, it just happens to be lucky for me that my path to and from work is by those thrift stores that have the stuff that I'm looking for. Now, if I'm looking for something nicer, electronics or something, I go to the one on the other side of town, which is nowhere near work or anything because they have more of the stuff that I'm looking for. Um, so, but that's my biggest tip I give people. Whatever you're looking for, think who would give it away. Where do they live? Go to their thrift store. You're gonna, and you do that consistently. You, you increase your luck of finding something much, much more. Cool. Or just shop at your store and hope you find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing. You know, I'll I'll keep an eye out for you. I'm already thrifting. I'll save you the time. So just uh, I'll just shop, browse my shops, see what I got. That's just kind of a logistical question. Um, do you do like online orders? So like you'll ship stuff to or? Yep. That's actually been most of my orders so far, oh, okay. primarily because I haven't been able to go recently. Um, but, you know, some people, I've already had some people who don't go to my particular arm who've bought stuff from me. Um, in a lot of the things like clothing, I can bundle up really, really small and ship for like five bucks which a lot of times ends up being how much the garment costs itself that I sell it for. Sure. So, but, um, still less than even, $30 shirt on some other yeah, sites. Exactly. You still have to even, pay shipping. <laughs> yeah. So even though, you know, I always sell the shirt for seven bucks and it might cost you five bucks to ship it. You're ultimately spending 12 bucks for, I, I pick out decent stuff. Mm-hmm. So you still only spending 12 bucks when otherwise you would have had to spend 40 for the same shirt. Right. Um, so even with shipping in mind, I, I keep it at a pretty budget price. And, uh, I mean, if you really want it that bad, I'll ship it wherever, you know, uh, I usually arrange the shipping separately. Uh, if you're buying a bunch of stuff at once, I'll try to cut right. a deal. I try to as much as possible run it as a service. You, you need something, you're working on a budget, I'll work with you. You know, I'm just trying to do enough to cover my costs, really. My goal is to make LARP more accessible uh, for people who want to give it a try. And I've, I've even looked at doing uh, specials like, you know, like a build-a-costume special. If normally, you know, you want to buy four items, like you need a coat, uh, a shirt, a bag, and a ring, because that's really going to help you start your character. And if I normally all those things separately, I would charge twenty five bucks. I give it to you for twenty bucks. You know, um, I'm still making a little bit on it enough to cover my costs um, to do something like that. If you're buying multiple items at once, so then if it's like an alt event, hey, I need to make an event. Twenty bucks. Pick four or five items, whatever. Mm-hmm. A couple exceptions. You may. 20 bucks is a deal, I think, to just get a whole costume for a character. So um, once I eventually get enough stock and enough items, 
you know, I'll be able to easily do that and have enough things to choose from to be able to provide that sort of service. Cool. Oh, I had a question. If you got something I'm going to ask while I think of it. Uh, mine's a bit of a, maybe a closer question. Like, uh, you know, what's the, the future? Like, what do you see? Where do you see this shop going? Well, I'd like to, I'm actually looking at uh, getting a couple of family members potentially to uh, uh, lend me a little business uh, startup money so I can double or triple my stock of how many items I have for sale. I mean, even if they lend me like a couple hundred bucks, since we're talking thrift store items, that's like a lot of items. Yeah. Um, so I want to expand my stock. Um, there's a couple things I've been reserved about getting so far, you know, like shoes and footwear because, you know, they got to be the right size. Mm. Um, and I'm also trying to feel out what people actually want or need. So that's why I'm taking requests. Uh, but I'd like to like double or triple my stock of how many items I have and then just have cash on hand so I can actually go to LARPs and show up with my store. Um, I'm acquiring different things like I got a metal mannequin the other day that looks it wouldn't look out of place in a medieval setting but you know little things to make it look like an authentic shop if I just show up with my boxes of stuff and throw it all on a table and not have a presentation of the shop Mm -hmm. you know it looks better if I got you know a container for my money I've got a stand for the clothes um you know, I've got an array of goods. I got shelves for all the little trinkets. So that's kind of what I'm working towards next is expanding the the stock that I have and also getting those little things that kind of create that authentic shop experience. Now it's great. I love that you're going kind of that extra mile to uh, create that experience and not just show up with, hey, who wants a shirt? You know. <laughs> yeah. I think, and you know, I shoot it out of a cannon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little, little, uh, you know, little sparkle to give them a show. The little old-fashioned advertising. Yeah, very old-fashioned. So, <laughs> I've even thought it would be really fun, and I would be totally about this idea: is to uh, have game organizers treat me somewhat like an NPC character. Mm-hmm. So at my warp, I will still have a character because I'll still be using skills to make scrolls. So I'll sell both in and out of game items. Um, so even if you don't need to buy any clothes and stuff, you can, can still come. I'll still cook breakfast. You can buy food. I can sell you scrolls and components and items. And this would be fun too. You know, if I stay in my shop the whole time, you know, give me a little bit of uh, tidbits of information or tips about whatever the storyline or mission yeah, is. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that kind cool. of stuff adds to the game world, I think. You know, go to the local and ask the barkeeper, has he seen any strange characters about? Yeah. Let's go check out Jed's shop, too. Let's get a little food from there and see if he knows anything. You know, I, I would be totally about the idea of contributing to making the game world fun and enjoyable and interactive for other people no it's awesome i uh it's still like a little surprising to me you've only done this you know very recently and 
because everything you're saying is like things I would love to see at a LARP or if I saw Steph, you know, having someone there that did that kind of thing. And uh, that would be just that much more impressive and fun for me as a player, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, uh, one thing I've done in my personal life is I've started and run several small businesses. Okay. Um, I've consulted multiple friends on how to start up their businesses so while this is it's it's both a game and drawing on my real world talents of I know how to start a business so I'm just kind of wrapping a different aesthetic around it in the world of the warp uh, with the warp and medieval aesthetic or whatever setting it is mm-hmm. but otherwise I know how to start a business I know how to make a finance plan I know how to do all those things for my real world skills so I can just bring that into a warp and just wrap a different, you know, cover over it. It's always more fun when there's magic and gold involved. <laughs> yes. It's not quite as exciting when you're just dealing with a regular old business contract when you don't have fire and other crazy stuff happening around you while you do that. Or your contracts create fire. So... It's a little more fun than exciting. That sounds great. I remember my question. Um, I was curious if you had any challenging or unique requests that you were able to to meet that you were kind of like proud of yourself. Like somebody said, hey, I want this character and I want to look like this. And it was a little, you know, atypical. It wasn't just brown coat, white shirt, black pants, you know. Yeah, that was actually my botched bleach job. <laughs> yeah, you eventually got it right. I was, attempt- I was attempting to do that. So if you want to give me more requests so I can attempt to do it better next time, <laughs> I, I can do that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm still working on gaining some traction. I've only had so many sales so far. Sure. And I'm kind of more... You know, in the red, as it were, at the moment, just trying to build up a shop because it's kind of the catch-22 of starting the business. You don't have enough money to invest in a shop, really build up your stock and your presentation. People aren't going to find you. But in order to, you know, it's you got to spend money and make money. So. Sure. Right. So that's kind of the moment I'm in right now is just investing as much as possible, finding what people like, and hopefully build up something worthwhile enough that people say, hey, that looks really great and uh, actually come in and give me business. So. Well, if you come across a pirate hat, I can stick some dragon horns through and let me know. I can totally do that. I'll keep an eye out for it. <laughs> this is kind of like way backtracking, but is that your background? Like uh, business and finance yeah, and stuff? Yeah. I went to uh, school for, uh, I have multiple, uh, multiple things that I've done. Um, I have worked, uh, I have a degree in uh, business administration. Um, I've worked in professional production, video, photography, and lighting uh, for weddings and corporate events. Um, I have played piano for 20 years. I've uh, done all my different hobbies. So my my business and education has been about as diverse as my, my hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So uh, basically just like to try a bit of everything. So 
You must be either never bored or you're very easily bored. <laughs> it's both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as one hobby dries up, I'll have to find another one. So. Cool. Anything else uh, we didn't cover that you were hoping to share? Um, like I said, I'm here as a service for LARPers. And, uh, you know, I enjoy... I not only enjoy trying lots of hobbies, I enjoy sharing that with other people. So if there's any way I can use my shop to help people do that, I'm totally for that. So just let me know. I'd love to teach or share anything I got to help people get into LARP or other similar stuff. I opened an official shop back end through my Facebook page, so you can actually go to the page and go right to purchasing it from my Facebook page. So there is one currently for that, but I'll also put one up for this podcast. So if you you see this podcast or listen to this podcast, and um, I will put up a special promo code of uh, three two one lay on as a promo code and. You can get, I'll do a, uh, I think the current one I have is 15% off. I'll do a 25% off for a single item. So that'll be good for one person. So, and we're talking, you know, seven bucks for sure, 20% off. We're talking five bucks ultimately, which is still even more of a steal. Yeah. So I'll do that for one item and that'll last for about three weeks. Cool. Alrighty. Why don't you give us a quick um, best ways to find you and how to connect with you so they can find a shop? Sure. Uh, my Facebook page is uh, just simply the facebook.com slash finds, which is spelled J-E-D-I-A-E-L finds. Um, you can just search it on Facebook. It's a pretty unique name, so it's pretty easy. Uh, I don't have a standalone website as of yet, once I have enough business, I plan to do so. Um, but Facebook is my main avenue, so you can just find me there uh, pretty easily. Cool. We definitely really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, yeah, totally. sharing those tips and those stories and just about you. I think it's a really, really cool thing you got going, man. So I hope you keep Thank it you. up and enjoy it. And a lot of people get some cool, cool boxes and cool clothes. I definitely hope so. Yeah, maybe we'll see you at Frontier Dawn someday. Yeah, I would love to do that at some point. I'll bring my my magical cart across the dimension just for you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, be sure to check out Kevin's shop. I know I will. And uh, stay tuned. We got some other things cooking for three, two, one, lay on, and the Next Level Nerd Network of podcasts. Be sure if you're into Westworld, check out Sugar Frosted Cereal. If you're into movies, check out the Next Level Nerd movie podcast. And uh, we are sort of working on a gaming show and a music show. We got all kind of stuff hopefully coming soon. So thanks again. Check us out, 321layon.com and on Facebook. That's where we're primarily at. Thanks uh, for joining me, Evan. Always good to see you, brother. Oh, yeah. I got nothing else to do, so. Great, thanks. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening. Bye bye. This might just be a bonus question, but uh, LARPing aside, what's probably been your 
was gonna say most fun hobby or most rewarding hobby you've had or you know what i'm trying to say like one you've enjoyed yeah. the most if you could pick one or a couple <sighs> that's tough <laughs> after a while I, I end up doing so many things i forget that i've done them yeah um probably the most fun has been legitimate lock picking yeah so it's like why not it's not illegal if you're not doing anything illegal with it so i'll try it <laughs> right <laughs> so but i've had a few times where it's gotten to the point where my friends ask me if i do something or if i mention, oh hey i can take care of that i can do it and they say of course you can it's like <laughs> yeah it's almost to like meme level status of like of course kevin can do that <laughs> so nice. um, we all like need my that friend, kind of guy in our life i think yeah, <laughs> I've actually had people said to me, if the zombie apocalypse happens for real, find Kevin's car. Because <laughs> I, I keep all sorts of stuff and do all sorts of stuff that I'm prepared for anything. But the lock picking was fun because my friend bought a house and he had a uh, shed that came with the house, but they left some lock on there. Mm. So I said... I got a lockpick set. I know how to lockpick. Of course you do. Go ahead. <laughs> Give it a try. So I had permission, so it was obviously legal. So I go, and within 60 seconds, I picked the lock off, and he was like, that was like from the movies or something like that. <laughs> so that, was, that was very satisfying. It's like one of those things I rarely, if never, get to use, but when I do get to use it and it succeeds, it's like, ah, that was so fun. That's cool. So, nice. I don't recommend you have to check your state laws. I'm not advocating don't get me in trouble. <laughs> so. I'll just bleep yeah. your name out for this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. 